Our God and our Father, we love you and we're thankful for the many blessings that you give us each and every day as we hear you speak to us through your word. We pray that we will have a, an understanding and a ready preparation to make an application of the things that you tell us and that you give to us that we might be willing to and able to shout from the rooftops the, the goodness of the salvation that is in Jesus Christ. We pray that you would just be with us in all that we do. Help us to take full advantage of this time that we have together as brothers and sisters in, in Christ and to uh, appreciate how blessed we are to be your children. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, as always, I want to uh, right out of the gate thank uh, Dee and, and Joe and all those people that have helped put these slides together. <laughs> That's a really interesting experience as I'm doing these slides. Uh, and uh, we're in the process of trying to make some of them available on the podcast. Uh, so once we get it all figured out and everything is posted, well, we'll put them up there. Uh, huh? You can't hear me? Oh, my bad. Okay. Is that better? Okay. Uh, also, for the slides that, uh, for the presentation, uh, I've been fortunate to run up on a, uh, a slide series of presentations that does the reading for you. <laughs> As you recall, last time it kind of got hung up and didn't work so well, so we had to kind of improvise. Well, I've, I've just been told that we're trying to do Proverbs 8 and 9 today. Uh, I've been told that 8 is not, the 8 slide, for whatever reason, just won't engage. So we're not going to be able to, to hear the soft music and the reading and all that way up there the way we did before. Now, 9 should work. If it doesn't, I'm going to ask our, our brother who has been designated to, to do that to uh, be prepared to read nine as well. But we have one of the best scripture readers in the congregation that's going to fill in for the uh, one that's uh, usually done on the slide. So I'm going to ask him that at the appropriate time when we get to that point, if he'll just read out, maybe I'll come over and, and put the microphone next to you so that everybody can be sure to hear. I don't know how much of the, uh, I don't know how much of the, the slides or any of that stuff goes on the podcast. Uh, I, I don't know if it's an audio or if it's, uh, if it's just the slides up there. Or... Okay, 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 but we'll work it out. Uh, also, uh, I mentioned last week that uh, on a, the Loyal Church of Christ Facebook page, uh, there's a place there where you can, you know, if you come up on some kind of interesting uh, word of wisdom or proverb or something like that, that you can post that there. And I put a, several of them up there myself. If you go on uh, YouTube or, or Google and just type in uh, images of certain you know, psalms or proverbs or any scripture, it can usually give you something like this that's really kind of intriguing and, and edifying. So I just encourage you, as we prepare for next week, uh, uh, 10 and 11, to just kind of surf, or if nothing else, read those two uh, divisions of the Proverbs. And, and just kind of surf around and see if you can see anything that might be uh, you know, worthy to kind of post on the uh, Loyal Church of Christ Facebook page that might be interesting uh, that would be shared with everybody else. 
Uh, and so in, in 89, it's really interesting that we talk about uh, shouting from the rooftops. Uh, it, talks about, uh, it talks about wisdom, and it talks about foolishness. And interestingly enough, it's all in the uh, feminine gender. But we'll get to that uh, later. But what I wanted to share with you before we get into that, and I hope we don't run out of time, is some of the things that we've been talking about over the last few weeks or so, there's a lot of repetition in, in the Proverbs. And one of the things that resonates over and over and over and over is the fear of God, the understanding of God, the appreciation of God, the acknowledgement of God, the realization that in him we move and live and have our very existence. And so a lot of that is um, expressed throughout the scriptures. But also, one of the things that's talked about, that we talked about it in past, uh, like back in uh, uh, the, the sixth, Proverbs 6, was we talked about the importance of passing this on to future generations. The things that we say and do and demonstrate before very young people, your grandchildren, your children, uh, is going to have a dramatic impact upon the, the, the human beings that they become as they grow older, and, and whether or not they even might even become members of the body of Christ. Uh, this particular passage says, Hear, O Israel, the, the Lord our God is one Lord. And he goes on to say, Impress these things upon your children. Do it when you're along the road, when you're at home. Time as symbols to your door frames, on your body, put it on your neckties. <laughs> Uh, you know, just anywhere, just, just anywhere that you can remind yourself that we have an awesome God, amen? So this, this particular uh, passages that we're going to come up on, this right here says, we will not hide them from our children, we will tell them, the next generation, the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. And we're talking about personification. What does that mean? That means, you know, putting some some live human characteristics to something that might ordinarily be inanimate. So it's just kind of like bringing it to life. And so I, as I was, uh, I don't even know how I ran across this. I guess I, I saw it on Facebook or something. But uh, there's this young man, this young man right here. This is Willie Myrick. He is, uh, his parents are atheists. But it so happened that his so-called godmother, which is a, a, a term that, you know, if you think about it for a little bit, I guess, I guess it's something that's more prominent in denominationalism, but essentially what a godparent parent is is somebody that's supposed to be present with that child at baptism. Present with that purpose, person at baptism and ensure that they are taught correctly taught rightly, taught the words, taught, taught the lessons of God. So that's kind of what a godfather or a godmother does. So this child, <laughs> he has atheistic parents, but he has a godmother who is a very spiritual-minded person. True story. Now, I don't know if, if this is a true story. You, you hardly know what to believe when you go on the internet these days. I never thought I'd hear anybody say that they did more for Christianity than Jesus Christ, but you know, those words have been put out there. They haven't been proven. I mean, they might, might or might not be 
legitimate, but nevertheless, there's a lot of stuff out there in the ether. But I ran up on this, and they had real pictures. And, and, and actually, if you go to the website, if you go and watch this little guy, he's talking, and it's really edifying to see this really young man. Because let me tell you what happened to him. He was out playing in his yard with his dog. A guy came along. This is in Atlanta, I think. Guy came along and snatched him up out of his yard. He was kicking and trying to scream, but the guy put his hand over his mouth. Dude wrestled him and put him in his car. Okay? A parent's worst nightmare. This child was in the back seat of, uh, of the guy's car that had kidnapped. I don't know if the guy tied him up or whatever, but he, you know, at that point he didn't put tape over his mouth because the little boy started singing. He started singing this song, every praise is to our God. Every part of worship with one accord. Every praise, you know the song, right? Every praise, every praise is to our God. Well, he went through the whole song. And he said, his words, he says, his fear turned to faith. He just started singing this song and singing this song and singing this song and singing this song. He sang it for three hours. He, you know, there's some words in the song that says, God, my savior, God, my deliverer, God, you know, it's some really powerful words in the song. But it was embedded in this little boy so much, he just kept singing this song, kept singing this song, kept singing this song until the kidnapper just said, enough already, just threw him out the car. Isn't that something? I mean, he was just so, he said that, and, and when, you watch, when you watch the video online, he talks about, he says, he says, God is my best friend. He said, when I say my prayers at night, I, I imagine that God is sitting in the chair right next to me. He said, God is with me all the time, and when that man snatched me up, the first thing that came to my mind was go to my best friend. Go to God. And that song stuck in his head. And he sang this song nonstop for three hours until the man just threw him out the car. So he went to the very nearest place that he could go to, got on the phone, called his parents, they came and got him. And he's okay today. I mean, he really kind of became a celebrity. He went on a lot of local news stations and uh, he actually recorded the guy who wrote the song I can't think of his name just now, Ezekiel something. Hezekiah? Yeah, uh, anyway, he, he, he did a, uh, a special recording with the, the original author, the writer of the song. Uh, but I say all that to say that the things that we say and do uh, have a dramatic impact. I remember when, I, when we, were, we were in Japan and, and I was, and, and I, I used to bring a lot of lessons there. One of the lessons I brought was, how and where do you walk? And I, you know, I didn't think much. I mean, you, you do what you do, and then you go on with life, because I was on active duty in the military and went on with life. One day, it was snowing outside, and my son, who was about three or four years old, was with me. And we were walking, and we were walking along, and he was behind me. And he was putting his footsteps in my footsteps. And out of nowhere, this little four-year-old kid, he said, Dad, how and where do you walk? I mean, it just came, you know, just like, 
I just thought, you know, he must have been paying attention. You know, so you'll be really surprised at the things that you say and do before your children that really sticks with them, that has an impact. That is uh, keeping them with the scriptures. Now, did everybody get a, a list? I mean, a sheet that says at the top, wisdom? You didn't get one? Uh, and it, on one side it says, wisdom is and wisdom is not. In my business, uh, I did some training one time, Kevin Matrego, a lot of times when you do problem solving, you figure out things based upon realizing what it is not. And so uh, as we go through um, Proverbs 8, if you have something to write with, I would like for you to write down, as we go through them, some of the things that Proverbs is, I mean, not in Proverbs, wisdom, some of the things that wisdom is, and some of the things that wisdom is not. Now, uh, I, I kind of scanned through it and put some of them up there myself, but I'm sure that I missed some. Some of you might be following along in a different translation. You might have a little bit of different words, so be useful. So uh, I would encourage you to, as we go through this, if you have something to write with, just as you hear God speak to us about the things that he says wisdom is, kind of write down on the wisdom is side on the left. And when it gets to the part that says wisdom, oh, when he talks about things that wisdom is not, like, you know, he uses words like abomination and, and, you know, other words like that. Just kind of write them down on the is not side. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals she cries aloud. To you, O man, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination of my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands, and write to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver, and my knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance are in the way of evil, and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign, and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule, and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me, enjoying wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and fill in their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. Where there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains, I had been shaped. Before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When the, he drew a circle on the face of the deep, 
when he made from the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman. Then I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delight in the children of man. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life, and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Thank you, Paul. Didn't I tell you we had one of the better, one of the best scripture readers in the, in the congregation to, this guy can't compare with him. <laughs> now, I don't know if uh, the ninth uh, division of the uh, Proverbs will come up or not, but uh, if it doesn't, Paul, please be prepared to, to read the ninth uh, division of the Psalms. Think of a place where you can literally shout from the, the rooftops or from the mountaintops uh, to declare something. Uh, I'm, I'm not even sure what the occasion would be. There's a place in Naples, Italy called Shoe Alley. Anybody ever heard of Shoe Alley? You, if you go to Italy, you can, uh, you can go downtown and you can pay several hundred dollars for a pair of handmade Italian shoes. Or you can go to the place where all the local Italians go. It's like a flea market. Anybody ever been to a flea market? Okay, so you know what a flea market is. You know, there's stalls set up and there's all that kind of activity. So, you know, you get there and first of all, you have to pay this guy some money to watch your car so people won't break into it. And if you don't pay that guy money to watch your car, guess what? Your car is going to get broken into. But anyway, I, you get to Shoe Alley, and there's all these aisles and these, these stalls and all this kind of stuff. The first time I went there, it's kind of more like a circus atmosphere. But there was this guy who was standing on a ladder. So he's like in the first aisle, kind of above the crowd. And he's, he's, he's on this ladder, and he's saying, Signore! You know, and he's just, just screaming, you know, because there's a whole lot of activity going on there in the, in the, in the flea market. But he's, he's selling clothes. <laughs> he's selling, like, coats. And, you know, I bought a cashmere coat for him from, like, you know, 6,000 lira, which is about $3. <laughs> but anyway, my point is, is that he was in a position high above the rest of us. And he had a vantage point where he could see everybody and he could shout. And, and he really got my attention. 20 years later, I'm still remembering that same guy. So when we talk about the Proverbs here, as you recall, it says here uh, that you know it's a personification. We talked about that. But it talks about, does wisdom shout out? Does it call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? Where do you see wisdom coming from? I mean, we see it when we come here. We, we hear wisdom from the pulpit. We share it with different people. And all, everybody that thinks they're wise is not necessarily wise. As I was, you know, kind of doing some research on this, 
I ran across some things on the internet where this guy was saying, somebody asked a question, they said, if I was baptized as a child, do I need to get baptized again as an adult? And the guy said, oh yeah, 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 you need to get baptized. But he said, but don't, don't get yourself confused thinking that it is essential to salvation. So, I mean, what I'm saying is, you really have to, you really have to use some discernment. You know, a lot of those lessons that Brent taught us about discernment, you really have to really dig, and you know, just because somebody speaks eloquently and sounds wise does not mean that they're wise. Now, you read, read some more of the stuff, and obviously he, he spews this, this, uh, this, uh, this theological understanding on his part that baptism is an outward sign of inward transaction, but we know that baptism now saves us, not the washing away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. Yes. So, what about the situation is, we know that the Old Testament, talking about wisdom, in everything was pointing to the Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. But at that point in time, they never understood what about the Bible again, listening, hearing. Jesus Christ came and broke down everything for us to understand mm -hmm. who God is, mm -hmm. how God wants us to save. Mm -hmm. On the mountains, like Twitter, yeah. on the mountains, like this, <laughs> yeah. at the gates. There's, there's a lot of opportunities that might just present themselves in the flash of a moment and it, it's gone forever. And, and you know, it might be on a business meeting. It might be, uh, it might be on the streets. It, I, yesterday I was in the parking lot after I, I went to a car rehearsal with a, a, a work with an ensemble with my fraternity that does a Martin Luther King breakfast every, every year. And I was standing in the parking lot after we'd gone to rehearsal singing about Jesus and all that kind of stuff. And one of the guys was, I was standing there talking to, he said, I'm a Muslim. He's a Muslim. He's a Muslim, and he said, <laughs> he said, that you're going to have to swirl this around in your cerebral filter a little bit, okay? He said, be 
being a Muslim helps him be a better Christian. And that just did not make sense to me. You know? So we must have stood there for about 30 minutes, you know? Just, just talking, you know? And, I, and we brought up, me and this other guy that was there, uh, you know, I said, you know, but Jesus said, no man comes to the Father but by me, you know? And, and we, we went into the, you know, I gave him the, you know, a Christian perspective. He grew up as a Lutheran, but he became a Muslim at some point because he saw a lot of the idolatry in a lot of the Christian denominational groups. And so what I'm saying is, is that there's a lot of people that, that just, there's a lot of confusion out there. And this is what the enemy wants. When we talk about wisdom and we talk about foolishness, they're both in the feminine gender. I mean, and they both scream from the mountaintops. When you get into chapter nine, of uh, ninth division of Proverbs, it talks about foolishness, the foolish woman that, that does the same thing, that just spouts this craziness. And some people like to hear that stuff. You know, it's like in the Old Testament, he said, speak on us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Some people really get their drilling and running by hearing crazy stuff, you know, crazy talk. So who's the equalizer? Who is the one that's gonna be able to change the, the, the game. Uh, somebody once said, preach the gospel at all times and, if necessary, use words. Think about that for a minute. I saw a hand back there. I guess I didn't see that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, as we went through uh, Proverbs 8, you wrote down some things that wisdom is and, and wisdom is not. What are some of the things that you saw that wisdom is? Don't be shy. Truth. More precious than rubies. Sound judgment. Understandable. True. I mean, wisdom is, is if you really want to be wise, if you really want to understand what God has to say, and you open up your heart to hear what he has to say, it's, it's understandable. A child can understand it. That little boy was 10 years old, and he got it. Every praise is to our God, okay? What are some of the other things that you saw that wisdom is? This is just some of the things I wrote down. I'm sure that, you know, I don't, I don't remember what translation, I think it was the King James translation that said that, but there might be some other things that wisdom is. You said, it talks about silver and gold a lot. I'm sorry. Somebody. Knowledge. Knowledge, knowledge. Wisdom is knowledge. How do you get knowledge? Speaking the truth. I'm sorry. Seek God. Uh, God has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I mean, if you, if you didn't do anything else in your life, if you were trapped on an island and you had the word of God, you'd be all right, you know? I mean, you might starve to death, but you'd be all right spiritually, okay? Uh, it's important for us to realize that, that uh, we have to study to show ourselves approved. And we have to rightly divide the word of truth. That God has said, Baptism is not essential to salvation. He's not rightly dividing the word of truth. He's probably following some tradition that he's been taught his whole life. And, 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 and we have to be careful about 
traditions that we get caught up in. We have to go back and see, what does God have to say about that? And some of those lessons that God gives us might mean that we have to let go of some things. Let go of some traditions, let go of some stuff that, uh, that, that really have become a part of our lives. Yes? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, it talks about even before you know the earth was created. You know, God was there. I mean, wisdom was there. Wisdom. God is wisdom. Amen. Amen. So I mean, if you just consider for a moment the complexity, the complexity of the human body. And I mean, we're God's greatest creation because we're made in his image. But there is infinitesimal complexity in everything, the, 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 uh, the balance of oxygen in the air that we breathe. If you go and look at any of this uh, uh, intelligent, uh, what do you call it? Uh, intelligent design. And you find that if the, if the balance of oxygen in this atmosphere was just little bit different, we wouldn't be able to breathe. We wouldn't be able to survive. God has, has designed this environment that we live in. He's designed these bodies that heal themselves, which you become aware of when you have to go to the doctor a lot. You realize it's God doing the healing. God designed the body in such a way that it can heal itself. Physicians kind of help it along, but, but God makes it happen. Mm -hmm. and So we, we looked at some of the things that, and thank you for sharing that. We're going to talk about that gold and silver in just a, a second here. But before we move on to that, uh, what are some of the things that wisdom is not? Because there's a lot of people that spew out stuff that they think is wisdom, and it ain't. So what are some of the things that you wrote down on the, on the left-hand side? Or the, was it the, is it the left hand it's the right-hand side that wisdom is not. It's not hateful, not crooked. When, when you look at, uh, if you go, I think it's 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about love. It, it talks about a lot of the things that love is. They will go on the, the wisdom side. It's not spiteful, it's not hateful, it's not envious, it's not all those kinds of things. 
But these are some things that every one of us at some point account, I mean, encounter. It's you, how many of you know somebody that's arrogant? Yeah, I mean, you know, all of us see these people that, you know, they spew out stuff and they talk tough and they talk big and I know this and I'm smart and I got enough degrees to give me a fever and, you know, I can just tell you all these things and everything. And it's not wise. They, you know, it's, uh, th that little child has more wisdom than some people that have multiple advanced degrees. And that's what's going to make all the difference. When you stand before God and stand accountable for the things that you've done here on this planet, <laughs> and, and for a lot of us, time is running out. We've got a, a limited amount of time on this terrestrial ball. So, you know, I, I talked to, talk to one particular individual, he's a brother in Christ, and he always tells me he's going to be a millionaire someday. <laughs> well, you know, when I see him, I say, well, what have you done to get towards that, that you know, becoming a millionaire? Well, I'm working on it, okay? You know, but, you know, he's in his 70s now. So, I mean, if, if there's anything that we're going to do, if we don't do anything else, if you die poor, make sure that you're rich in knowing the, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is wisdom. That's wisdom right there. So we know that wisdom is not, now that's not a misspelled word, full word. How many of you have seen that word before? It means a cantankerous hard to get along with, difficult person. So, uh, or perverse, or wicked. We all know somebody that's wicked. So, those are the things that, that uh, wisdom is not. So, we talk about wisdom and gold. Uh, wisdom and gold, I mean, uh, gold, silver and gold. Compared, it's, it's greater than, than silver and gold. What is, the, what is the most valuable thing to us, aside from our salvation? What are some of the things that we, we value as very valuable? Family. I, I, was, in, uh, I was at NATO, and I was, there was this guy I used to work with, and he would see my children, and he'd say, that is your treasure. You are so blessed to have children. Uh, but he, you know, he and his wife, was just the two of them, they tried to have children, couldn't have children. They had this really big house, had a whole lot of fancy cars, but he said the thing that he wanted more than anything was to have family, was to have children. And it's something very easy to take for granted when they acting up. <laughs> and when they cutting up and doing stuff that you know, uh, that you used to do when you were that age. Uh, but that's the, the, the family of God. This is something very precious. This is one of the most precious things we're gonna have. And I encourage us to expand beyond just the Laurel Church of Christ family. We have some really wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ in a lot of different places. If you can go to a lectureship or a gospel meeting or, or just go hang out with some folks that are Christians that are going to be like-minded like you, that are going to talk like you, there is wisdom that reinforces what God has given us. You're going to be around people that are going to be doing the things and saying the things and acting in a way that's going to be embedded in you to such an extent that if somebody ever cap, uh, uh, kidnaps you, you're going to have a song in your head, okay? <laughs> so, so stop thinking about that song now, okay? I, I don't think any of us runs the, the risk of getting kidnapped. I don't know. But the thing is, just think about how valuable the time is that we have here. Now, all of us have lost somebody that's very close to us. And characteristically, when somebody dies, you start reflecting back on all the things 
You know, all the time you could have spent with them. All the things you could have done. All the things you could have said. Do it now. Uh, you know, and, and it's not uncommon for somebody to get up to the coffin and be crying and boohooing and all that kind of stuff. Just, just show each other love now. That's, that's what God tells us to do because God is love, amen? And so uh, silver and gold, it's, it's one thing. It's important. It's nice. It's an investment. They're precious to have. But nothing is more precious than what we have right here. Yes? So the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. So if we attach ourselves to God, I, to, to, for the life of me, I don't see how anybody cannot have fear of God. I've heard people curse God. I would be terrified. I mean, I, I mean, maybe perhaps you've never heard that kind of stuff, but you know, I've been around not only sailors, but other folks. That, that use words and language that just is a condemnation to God and it, it's terrifying to be around that. Now, a lot of times they'll change their language when you come around because they know you don't tolerate that kind of stuff. But the, uh, the fear of God, the fear of the Lord is hatred to evil. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul and all those who hate me love death. I mean, I guess when you go back to those kids, who that kid whose parents were atheists, uh, I guess they don't love God. And so they, if they don't love God, they hate death. I mean, if they don't love God, what does the scripture say? They love death. Those who hate God love death. Let's see if we can get this one to play. Killed her beasts, she hath mingled her wine, she hath also furnished her table, she hath sent forth her maidens, she crieth upon the highest places of the city, Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish, and live, and go in the way of understanding. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame, and he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. If thou be wise, 
thou shalt be wise for thyself, but if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. A foolish woman is clamorous, she is simple and knoweth nothing, for she sitteth at the door of her house, on a seat in the high places of the city, to call passengers who go right on their ways. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. And as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Stolen waters are sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he knoweth not that the dead are there, and that her guests are in the depths of hell. So have you noticed that, uh, as I mentioned early on, that wisdom and foolishness are kind of spoken of in the same way. They both shout their message. You're going to hear craziness shouted just as loud and hard as you're going to hear wisdom, probably more so. Because the world is caught up in a lot of craziness. And for some reason, people just kind of get their adrenaline running more from hearing crazy talk than they do from, from hearing wisdom. Now, it talks about the, 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 the woman building her, the wise woman building her house. Or, uh, and it talks about, now this particular uh, video of, of this particular picture of, of the, the wise house is not necessarily one that depicts all of the, it talks about these seven pillars. And a lot of the theologians go into a whole lot of dialogue about a lot of those pillars could be some of the things that we've already talked about. Uh, obviously the foundation or the, the, the major part of that is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. If you fear the Lord, then you're on the right track. you got it going on. You're moving in the right direction. And I'll, I'll put this on the, uh, the, pod, the pod, uh, podcast that's up there. But it's, I think it's a better de uh, depiction of uh, the house because the pillars that it has here are counsel, knowledge, fear of God, understanding, sound wisdom, prudence, and power. So it talks about don't reprove a scoffer. What's a scoffer? Somebody that, you know, complains or condemns or mocks. Makes, has, have you ever heard anybody mock our, the way of life? Uh, I, I had a, 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 I met a guy at OCS that said, Carl, I can't believe that somebody as intelligent as you would go and, and be with those Church of Christ folks. He said, I can go and sit in the booth and spit out all my sins and then go party my brains out, you know? It's obvious where his religious affiliation was. But a scoffer, it, it seems like it says, don't waste your time on people that's going to, you know, the, the Bible talks about don't cast your pearls before swine. Uh, you know, and so we have to really be, but that's, that's what really surprises me, because it seems like that's the person that would need it the most. It would seem like somebody that's spiritual minded, that's kind of on the right track, that kind of loves the Lord, kind of thinks about spiritual things, would be kind of, you know, the person that you would want to attach to and kind of help them become stronger, because it does say you get with somebody who's wise, who embraces the truth of the gospel, and they'll get even better at it. They'll get even stronger at it. They'll be even more zealous about it. But here's something that I thought about when I, uh, when I read this. I was a, a, a hospital coronet in another life. And in, in, in triage, when you're doing, if you have a mass casualty, if there's like hundreds of casualties, you have to do a quick assessment of who you're going to take care of. And you put a tag on those people to let the, the, the healthcare professionals know exactly where they're going to co concentrate their energies, their efforts. 
And so the, 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 the black tag is an expected. If somebody comes up and he's got a gaping hole and he's just barely breathing and he's not going to make it, you put a black tag on him, they're expected to be dead. You know, so you can be spending your time on somebody that's immediate, you know, or, or delayed or minimal. These are somebody that might walk up, they're bleeding a little bit, but you could put a tourniquet on it, you could do something about it, uh, or somebody that, if you don't take care of them right away, uh, they're gonna die. Or if, if, if you could just delay them for a little bit, go over there and sit down, and somebody can, you know, give you something. There's various stages of where you can approach somebody. And from a spiritual perspective, there's some people that come to you with crazy talk to the extent you know you're not going to waste your time on them because they're spiritually dead. Now, you might come back to them later on. I mean, obviously, if they're dead, they're dead. But from a spiritual perspective, the, the, the Word of God says spend your time on those people that are going to embrace the truth. They're going to say, yeah, that makes some sense. That sounds kind of good. Let's talk about this some more. That guy that I spoke to in the parking lot yesterday that was a Muslim. We're going to talk some more. <laughs> I don't know that he'll come back to the, you know, he'll come to the truth of the gospel, but, and he'll come out of Islam. But, you know, we'll approach it in such a way that perhaps he will see the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and, and wake up. There have been some people that have done that. Uh, there was a, a brother that Jack Evans studied with that was really quite famous that was a Muslim uh, that became a Christian. So it is in, in, entirely possible. Proverbs also talks about the folly. It's an unruly, loud woman. We know that, that crazy people talk, you know, spiritually crazy stuff. And finally, this is kind of interesting. We're talking about this on the way over here. What does, what does this mean to anybody? Uh, stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. What does that mean? Help me, somebody. <laughs> is it? Okay, I, I think that what the, gospel, what the uh, writer there is getting at is when you do things deceptive, you know when you're sneaking and doing something, it's kind of intriguing, you know? But it's not good. <laughs> you know, people I imagine that have an affair, I guess when they're having an affair, it's kind of exotic and, and, you know, it seems like they're doing something good, but it's the way of death. So, you know, it talks about drinking water. Uh, stolen water is sweet. Remember a couple of uh, chapters back and talk about drink from the cistern, from your own cistern? When he's talking about drinking your own water from your own cistern, he's saying, brother, stick with your wife. <laughs> Don't be going out there and drinking out of somebody else's well. I mean, it's just plain. So uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Next uh, week, thank you for your participation. Like I said, I'll put some of this stuff up on the web. If you want to go back and look at it, I don't know if the audio will be there, but you'll be able to at least see the, 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 the stuff that's there along with my notes. Thank you very much.